Welcome to the Pinch to Zoom podcast, the show where we zoom in on the latest tech news, products, and trends. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And in this episode, we're talking about the Panasonic GH6. What has led up to it? Where is it? Is it even coming? And what the possible specs could be? Sound the African hunting horns or tune, because this is a mythical hunt. We're back again. We're going on a safari. Oh, mate, I see it out on the horizon. I think, I don't know. Maybe. Is that it? Oh, I'm squinting. I, I can't it tell. Just, it, maybe it's a mirage. I don't know, but... I'm out of focus. I can't... I actually... Yeah. Nope. Nope. Is there I bad can't accents? see. Focus. <laughs> Is there bad accents? But yeah, we went on a hunt a year ago or a little over a year ago for the A7S III. We found it. We found we it. We eventually found We found it. Yeah. Sony didn't find it. We yeah. found it, gave it to them, said, here it is. Here's this long lost camera. Copy they released it. it. So now we're calling out those hunting horns again and going on a safari to find the GH6 and see where it is. But before that, of course, what do we have? We have quick news. So Gabe, roll that intro. Quick news. Quick news. And welcome to Quick News 3.158. I'm not really sure now, but this is the segment where I talk about the news I care about. And Stetson, I don't know, he's holding down his chair so it doesn't float away if gravity disappears. Starting off, we had some new products. First, we had a bunch of stuff from the company Xiaomi at their mega launch event titled Infinite Life on March 29th. However, it's not really important that we talk about it. I will mention them quickly, but you can't buy any of this stuff in the US. So what's the point? But either way, we got the Mi 11 Ultra, the Mi 11 Pro, and the affordable Mi 11 Lite, as well as the folding Mi Mix Fold. Also, we got the Mi Band 6, a smart projector, a new laptop. There was a bunch of stuff. But again, I'm, is there any way to get these in the US? You can import them if you want to, but because they're designed for the Chinese market, they don't really work on carriers here in the US as well. They're missing key LTE and 5G bands, but these devices still look sweet, especially the Mi 11 Ultra, which is basically a massive camera bump with a phone attached to it. It's, they're all insane products, and they send them to all these in tech influencers in the U.S. just to tease people here. So maybe one day we'll see these come to the U.S., come to our shores, but until then, I guess try like the site GearBest or something else uh, to get them here. Starting off with stuff that we can actually buy in the U.S., though they might be a little fringe, uh, the Sigma FP. L was announced. This is the follow-up to the original Sigma FP, going with a weird naming scheme, adding the L there. And this is a very niche camera. It's 61 megapixel sensor, 10 FPS, ability to record 4K 12-bit RAW to an external SSD, and also a weird add-on electronic viewfinder. So it does actually now have an EVF, but it's an extra $500 above the starting price of $2,500. Very odd camera. What do you think? I mean, I think it's going to be for a niche audience, but I think it's packing some power for its size. Yeah, I, I honestly, but the 61 megapixel sensor, probably the same one from the A7R4, and this is about the same price, so I would just say get the A7R4. Now an even weirder one, the Pentax K3 Mark III. Yes, Pentax is still making cameras. What? Yeah, right. They have uh, this one with an APS-C sensor. This is a DSLR, not a mirrorless camera, so there's a breath of fresh air and this is especially made for photography mainly sports and wildlife photographers with 12 fps burst mode so that's that's actually really good and with that crop sensor you can get a lot in closer to the action it has 25 megapixel sensor a touch screen 
Otherwise, pretty standard specs, 4K, 5-axis stabilization, etc. And $2,000 price, a little more on the pricey end for a you know APS-C sensor camera. But check out the silver color one. Ooh, got mwah, chef's kiss for the look. I know you're buying a camera to take photos with, but... Take that, photos of? Uh, that's actually, yeah. Oh, you... But then you need another camera. So you need two. So you got to get two of them to take photos. Okay. Well, yep. it's a little complicated, but either way... If you're looking for a new Pentax camera because you have some of their lenses or you just want a super retro-y looking camera, this might be the camera for you. Finally, we had Rode showing some love for Android users with their video mic Mi C, uh, a USB-C version of the video mic Mi L, which was originally the one for iOS and lightning ports. This is a mini shotgun microphone for mobile devices. It goes for $80 and will start shipping in May. Next up, we had news, some just little basic stuff here. Clubhouse added tipping so that creators can start earning money on that platform, uh, though they have not old, rolled out an Android update, so still iOS exclusive at this point. TikTok finally added auto-generated captions. Hallelujah. Now all the plethora of apps that people are using can go to die in some little obscure hole of the internet. And then Microsoft scored a $22 billion contract to bring HoloLens 2 tech to the Army for training and better combat awareness. Stetson, I think this is a really huge... I mean, we should have got Elena on here uh, to talk about this. We she, could almost do a full episode on yeah, it. Yeah, she's our uh, resident you know, VR, AR uh, expert that we call in from time to time. But I think this could be a huge boon for uh, VR slash AR tech as this is really... Most of the technological advances you see over the history have been through the Army investing a ton of money in some tech. Right, right. I think this validates Microsoft's ideas and it gives them a huge amount of funding to continue pursuing those ideas. Unfortunately, it's not really for consumers. So we're not going to see like an increase in app development or things like that. But I think the technology and hardware will improve overall, eventually trickle down to consumer products. And that uh, this could really help kickstart the AR VR uh, world in, in a whole new way. Definitely a little bit sad to see it being used for military uses. Not a big fan of war, but again, like DARPA was how we got the internet. So one right. step at a time, one yeah. step at a time. Finally, let's round out this segment with some rumors. Of course, still no Apple event calendar uh, or date Invite. yet yeah. for April, which is a little disappointing, but we did see some code in the TV OS 14.5 beta, which contained mentions of 120 Hertz refresh rate. Now this is, you know, if you're not paying attention to Apple stuff and every little bit of rumors, this might be like, what is going on? But basically what this means is the new Apple TV 4K, which could be right around the corner, might have 120 hertz refresh rate, which would make sense considering that most people think Apple is going to give it a very gaming-centered focus, focused with uh, the Apple Arcade. And yeah, I think... Yeah. Um, you think we're going to see this in April? Is I think we will see in April. As of recording, we have two more Tuesdays left in April, potentially. So it's going to be either Tuesday, April 20th, which I think is highly likely, or the 27th. Four, 420, light it up. I think it's going to be 420, April 20th. Tim Cook? Yeah. Smoking a smoking a reefer and announcing. I, you know, I'm not sure about that part, but no. I think it still could be on 420. Will they make some some play on that whole thing? No, nope, they definitely will. Like, well, their crack like, marketing team. Their crack will, will be a pot marketing team that day. <laughs> All right, next up in the rumors, we had Snap, the parent company of the app. Snapchat, of course. I don't know how they got to that whole thing, but that's another story. 
they are reportedly working on AR glass, glasses and a selfie drone. Now, as you know, they do have the spectacles, which are AR after you record it and you know import the video are to your AR phone. Are they AR or are they just... Yeah, it's augmented reality, but once you bring it into your phone, it puts the I filters you. and stuff over the you know, the whatever you it's recorded. Like post-production AR. Exactly. This supposed rumor is saying that they will be announcing AR glasses that will be in real time putting AR over the environment. And these aren't some far-off thing potentially being announced in this upcoming month of May. So keep an eye out for that. A little bit more on the distant horizon is they are also supposedly working on a selfie drone. We've heard rumors of this since I think like 2017. So this isn't anything new, but... As a drone lover, I am very excited to see this. Uh, however, my bet, if I had to put money on it, is that it will likely be very small drone, probably smaller than the DJI Mini 2, and controlled via your phone rather than a standalone remote. Plot twist, they Amazon's home security drone failed. Snapchat bought all bought of it. those drones. Plot twist again, actually, they released something to compete with the Sony AirPeak drone. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing, Snap? But yeah, speaking of DJI, who I just mentioned previously, we have even more DJI Air 2S rumors. What would it be uh, for a DJI launch if it wasn't completely leaked out and we had product shots before it, it launched, right? Oh, absolutely. And actually, yeah, speaking of which, we did get product shots. We had a leaked teaser video as well as full product shots leak out just this hey, past at least, couple days. At least it wasn't unboxed this time. Uh, don't, I, don't hold your breath. <laughs> I think we'll probably get that before we see this drone. Now, spoiler alert for those who want to, you know, save all the surprises right until the DJI actual launch event, but this drone will have a one-inch sensor, which is huge news, no pun intended, because that is the same sensor size of the Mavic 2 Pro and a lot bigger than the current Mavic Air 2's sensor. Also, it will feature new obstacle avoidance sensors on the front uh, that are facing upward, so this will probably give it a wider field of view as well as stop it from flying up into trees and buildings and stuff like that. The other thing is ADS-B receiver will be included on all models, not just on the North America models. So if you're a European customer, you're going to be able to, you know, if you're flying, you'll get a little notification saying, hey, uh, there's a plane flying. You might want to lower down a little bit. So that's all we know so far. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if by our next episode, even if the drone isn't launched yet, we know pretty much every other spec that there is to know about this thing. But that is it for quick news. Thank you guys for tuning in. You didn't really have a choice if you were listening to this episode, right? Because that's correct. That's it was, how it was part of the ride. Quick news. Speaking of rides, we're grabbing our safari hats, mate, and we're looking for that GH6. And we're getting rid of the terrible Australian accents. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I was let's... worried that this whole segment here talking about <laughs> we'd, this new we'd camera. go full blown commit, full send. Now I want to say I. You know, really think we maybe should have done this about the Mavic 2 Pro, and that might be coming. The 3 Pro. The 3 Pro, sorry. Mavic 3 Pro. That might be coming in the future, so keep your eyes out for that if we get We've enough got feedback. a bunch of empty vans. You know, our safari business hasn't actually taken off. So. Yeah, we just, we kind of choose where we're booking these safaris based on where the, you know, rumor mills are pointing and where there's a lot of hype, and I've been looking on Reddit and stuff, and there's a lot of people, you know, clamoring for the Panasonic GH6. Just to give everyone some background. Yeah, I, I would love some background. Like, refresh me, Gabe, yeah, on what is, what, the what is the Panasonic? What is this strange camo? No, I that... said we, we ditched the okay. accents. All right, sorry. Yeah, no so pressure. basically, the Panasonic uh, GH series is the Micro Four Thirds flagship camera from Panasonic. It also is called, you'll interchangeably call Lumix because that's actually the camera brand that Panasonic puts all their cameras under. So it's called often the Lumix GH 
six. That's this camera we're looking for. But up until now, there's actually been six other ones. There's been starting in April 2009, there was the GH1, September 2010, GH2, September 2012, you had the GH3, then GH4 in May 2014, followed by the GH5 and GH5S in uh, sequential January 2017 and 2018. So yep. it started, this has been around, this camera line has been around since only April 2009, but this, along with Sony's A7 line, is really the other uh, camera that launched the mirrorless camera 100%. revolution that we've seen, right? And the GH5 was huge. I mean, the GH4 well, actually was GH3. huge. GH3. I mean, that's, that I think huge? that was the big one, 2012. Because what made it big? I I think it was just the timing. This was when, you know, this was, I think, two years before you got the A7S3, right? Or no, a, sorry, A7S. Uh, that was released, I'm pretty sure, in 2014. And this was right when Sony was releasing the A7, I'm pretty sure. So this was just the beginning of, you know, mirrorless really starting to get taken seriously. And I remember a lot of people, at least this, maybe this is just me personally, but that's when I started hearing about a lot of filmmakers really picking it up as a viable alternative to the other popular camera at the time, which was the 5D Mark III for, you know, run and gun budget filmmakers. Sure, sure. I mean, I was thinking GH4 because I believe that was the first one to support 4K one of the first cameras, like affordable, I mean, that, that was accessible. Hu- that was huge too. Yes, a hundred percent. But uh, it's really each one is yeah. They they've just gotten better and better, and they've offered a good alternative to the A7 line from Sony, which is it's a lot smaller. It's not full frame, but it still has a ton of features packed in there. A micro four thirds and a lot smaller package, and lenses are also often cheaper and have more reach. Because of that, it's like a crop sensor, basically. Right. And these were pretty affordable, too, right? Yeah. I don't have the pricings on there. You... I got GH5 today going for yep. $1,400 body only. If you wanted a body and a 12 to 60 millimeter lens, which is a 24 to 120 millimeter equivalent, you're looking at just $2,000 total for the entire package. Yeah. Comparatively to like an a7 III, you're going to start at around almost 2000 just for the body. I right. think it's 1700 actually. Now it's dropped down a little bit, but either way, that's, yeah. And the features you're getting with the GH5 are just incredible. I mean, you're getting 4K 60 and this, remember this was a camera released in January, 2017. 2017, that's four years ago. You know, Sony just brought 4K 120 to their uh, A7S III. Until then they didn't have anything above 4K 30 in their A series or their Alpha series. So. Yeah, you've had 4K 60 FPS, 10-bit 422 uh, in the, I think, was that in the GH5 and GH5S? That's correct. And then you had 1080p up to 240 frames a second in the GH5S because it has a slightly smaller uh, megapixel sensor uh, for better low-light performance and also because it's less pixels, uh, less processing power. And then also you had HLG mode, which is basically HDR. So they're really, you know, for the bang for the buck, I know a lot of filmmakers out there who have been completely happy with these cameras and have been shooting incredible stuff even i mean not just online creators but like shooting you know short films documentaries uh ads very popular cameras across the board but unfortunately you know as i said january 2017 january 2018 has been the last real update we've got so that's over 32 months or no sorry it's actually it's been 38 months um since we've had the last GH series camera release from Panasonic. And, you know, as I was going back looking through their previous releases, this was uh, 
clearly the longest. 32 months was between the GH4 and GH5. And you can see as they're going on, they're slowly getting more f farther apart, which is, as we've seen with the A7S2 uh, to S3, a growing trend in the mirrorless camera space and kind of video cameras in general, right? Right, right. I mean, with the cameras we have today, they're so capable, it doesn't really make sense to do a... You could do an incremental upgrade, but it doesn't, you know, it's not a, it's not really worth it from a company's return on investment standpoint. Like once you buy a camera, you're using it for four or five, sometimes longer, uh, however many years. Whereas with consumer tech like smartphones, people are more likely to upgrade those more frequently. Yeah. The interesting thing I also noticed is look at like the Sony A7R series, right? They're already on the four, I think, and we're expecting a five to be released soon. And what I realized is it's a lot easier to make huge upgrades to an image and photo focused camera than it is with video because that requires so much more processing power, which I don't think we have from a technological standpoint yet. Because, you know, the jump from 4K 30, 4K 60, you know, 4K 120 to then go, what, to 6K? Or to, 8K? To 8K, like that's a huge jump. Our processors and our technology just isn't there yet. I mean, there might be TVs getting cranked out that have 8K and a lot of consumers might be expecting it because there's these companies starting to jam it into phones, but really it's not there on the professional level yet. I mean, you have very few pro cameras even filming 8K. Some are more starting to do that and more are also starting to do 6K, but really I think the problem has been up to this point that the GH5 and GH5S are just incredible cameras and other than the one th your one bugaboo with it is uh, the autofocus. Yeah, autofocus has been notoriously poor on the GH5. I actually bought one. I was, you know, uh, fed up waiting for Sony and their A7S III that we were searching for on a previous episode. I was like, you know what? I'm ready for something that can do 4K 60. I'm ready for something that's small, light, and compact. I gave the GH5 a try. I found an excellent deal on B&H used. It was like 1200 bucks for the body and a lens, something insane, or maybe the lens was extra, but like $1,600 are all in for 4K 60, a dream, and the autofocus was the biggest issue. It would hunt, even in a well-lit conditions, well-lit environment, it would kind of pulse the lens in and out. Focus was just not that buttery smooth focus you get with Sony cameras or with is, Canons. Is buttery smooth? I would not describe focus like that. I'd describe it as sharp. Well, I, I'm talking about like the transitions. Like uh, okay. if you're racking guess, focus, it's like a nice smooth transition, whereas the Panasonic was all jumpy and it would pulse in, pulse out, decided to go out of focus again. And that was my biggest gripe. But it, as you mentioned, it was packed with features. It even had things like scopes and exposure, fe exposure features built right into the camera. And you could even do like in-camera pans with uh, sort of keyframing the, the viewfinder to pan across. It was crazy and very powerful. And to some degree, the, the feature set this camera has may not warrant an upgrade, but the camera is so old and so worthy of an upgrade, um, it'll be interesting to see what Panasonic will do with the upcoming GH6. Yeah, but before we talk about the GH6 and what they might do with it, let's just take a quick ad break, we'll, which will probably be just complete silence and skipping through because Anchor has not been giving we're still us, waiting on it. Anchor. We're still waiting on Anchor giving us the ability to put some ads in here or maybe an advertiser to reach out and give us some ads. But yeah, so we'll see you on the other side of this brief moment of silence or an ad break. Welcome back from the ad break. We are here talking GH6. Will it be coming out? When will it be coming out? What features will it have? And what does it need to have 
to better compete or even be a worthwhile or option. Is Panasonic abandoning it in the camera space? Or yeah, Gabe yeah. is is it just pff, gone? We should uh, have a moment of silence now for it and call it a day. I don't know about that. We don't want to make people sad. Yeah. So the Panasonic GH6, which I think we can pretty much say this is what they're going to call it, right? They're not going to go yeah, GH, 100%. GH21. <laughs> they're not going to pull a Samsung. Yeah. They're not going to rename it. They're, they're not going to jump to 10 like Apple. They're not. Yeah. They're not going to skip numbers. They're not going to throw a numeric. Well, they might throw it. No, I'm kidding. They're not. It's going to be the GH6 if this does come out. And yeah, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with like rumors, what people have been talking about? Um, where, where do you think is a good place to kind of jump into well, this? Well, I think uh, we can say as you know, this has been over three years now we're looking at. I think it's very likely that we see this camera probably more towards the end of this year. I would say um, looking at when Panasonic has released previous kind of cameras in this area, it's probably going to be like September, October-ish, uh, or maybe then next year early like CES or something. So we might not see it this year, but we also, there is a chance. The thing that for me is making it seem like it's going to be later than uh, earlier is we still haven't seen the sensor announced yet from Sony, which is the sensor that they'll probably use. Because that's the thing about these cameras is they are using Sony sensors. Yeah, and the current sensor is actually quite old at this point. It's four years old, and it was probably even older when it was actually implemented in the cameras because yep. it had to be out first for them to use it. Uh, yeah, but I actually agree with you. I think they were hoping to launch it sooner. And then maybe with the whole pandemic, it got slowed down. I was seeing that kind of, as you mentioned, uh, spot on that September to October timeline though. And I'm actually optimistic. So I've heard uh, Panasonic executives have confirmed they are working on a quote, GH successor. And I think I think we actually are likely to see this taking uh, shape yeah, I, I don't know. I get a little dubious when they are floating stuff out like that because you know they're just trying to keep people from switching brands and going elsewhere. Like holding on. Like, oh, I'll, yeah, just, I'll just wait right? on my GH5 a little dangling a little longer. hope. And I, I do think that there really isn't a reason for people to switch. I think that people have kind of gotten this idea that, oh, I have to be upgrading every two years. I, I always have the newest, the latest, and greatest. And really, as we said, the GH5 and 5S are both still like incredible incredible i mean there's definitely yeah the autofocus needs to be worked on there's some things they need to uh you know they're they're lacking but i think that's the reason we haven't seen it so far and i think that you know they're trying to really release a camera that jumps them and gives them a good you know a good edge on the competition and that i think is where we run into some issues on just how soon we're going to want um you know they're going to want to release this camera because the main competition i think is honestly uh, their full-frame ambitions, the S1, the S1R, and the S1H, which are more expensive cameras, of course, but for them, they're trying to push their customers to go out and be like, oh, well, you know, I've been waiting for the GH6 so long. Might as well just upgrade and you know, spend the extra money and get that S1H, right? That's what they're hoping people do, I think. Sure, sure. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I would even say the recently announced S5 that came out I think it was October. Yeah, the S5 was announced October 2020. And that's a full-frame camera. It starts Around 2000. at uh, yeah, 1700 for the body yeah. only, 2500 if you get a 24 to 105 millimeter lens. That's a great deal for a 4K camera. Yeah, um, and it's really, this is their, I mean, the past, basically since 2019, they've released four full-frame cameras and only two 
micro four thirds kind of like flagship ish cameras. I think they've released a couple more like entry level. Yeah, they do other stuff, stuff and like it's the G eighty five, G ninety five, something like that. Not great. But they you know, I think it was the B G H one maybe. It was like a box camera using the same oh, sensor yeah. as the G H five S. That's more for studio use and streaming. That was announced. And then there was some other one, I'm pretty sure. But really, they've been very focused on the full-frame cameras and the full-frame glass that they've been releasing. So they've kind of, you know, the Micro Four Thirds has taken a bit of a backseat. And rightly so. They've been resting on their laurels. If we have the GH5S, which is an incredible camera, what do, I, yeah, know, I would say, what do you guys, what, what more do you want from us? I would say incredible value. Because I think really, like when you start looking at the full frame cameras, those are incredible with the full frame sensor, the really great low light performance. I mean, even Sony, what they did with the A7S III, yes, it's expensive at $3,500, but Gabe, you and I both got one. Like, this is a champion camera. Yes, yes, but again, I still think, you know, GH5S and uh, GH5 being micro four thirds, smaller and the longer reach of the lens is something that in certain uses uh, and certain types of video shooting, you can't. You know, it's it's it, like that's a, that value can't be matched from a full frame because getting that glass, how big of a lens you're going to need to get, you know, 600 millimeters of range is it'd be insane. You'd be trucking around basically like a, a baby in your backpack. It's true. That size. It's true. So what do you think the GH6 would need in order to compete to slide it in sort of right below that S5 and below the S1H? but at a really good value and like what features would it need to get people to actually want to buy it over going with the full frame options? Well, I think that the main selling point always is going to be price, right? As you mentioned, right. it's going to be a lot more affordable than their S series. Um, and I think that they are going to hopefully be competitive on specs. I have seen rumors floating around that it's going to be 8K, you know, featuring an 8K Sony sensor. I think that is a possibility, right? especially, you know, waiting to see what they might release in their full frame. If they have another 8K camera there, then they won't be threatened to, you know, one up there. Because right now the S1H is currently the highest resolution one that they have, and that shoots uh, 6K, 24. And so that that makes me think they might kind of cap it at 6K. But the longer it goes, basically, the further we wait for this, the likelihood of it having 8K, I think, goes up. I actually feel very confident it will support 8K shooting. We just had 8K cameras from both Sony and Canon announced recently, and we also have 8K in phones. The reason we have 8K in phones is the sensor size is much smaller, it's easier to process. I think if you're coming out with a micro four-third sensor, I think it'll be easier to process an 8K image coming off of that. But now the one thing, as you know from phones, what what happens when you pair 8K with a oh, really small we sensor? We didn't say the 8K was going to be no, good. No, no, no. But what, what happens when you pair 8K with a really small sensor? It's disastrous. So that that's one thing that makes me think they might try to go with 6K. Or we could also get a GH6 and a GH6S, which the GH6S uses kind of like the A7S III, a lower resolution sensor, maybe the current 10 megapixel one or a little higher. And, you know, doesn't have uh, 6K or 8K, but is able to do, you know, 4K 200, some, yeah. you know, something insane because it is a smaller resolution sensor and a smaller sensor in general. And, you know, just be absolutely incredibly video focused. So that actually, I think, is a very likely thing we might see. Which way do you think they'll go, though? Do you think they're going to release the if they're going to do that? Would they go, you know, the more 
video focused one first and then the regular one or i, I think, think regular probably i think i saw rumors that they might do a sony like approach will they have one hybrid where it'll be photo and video there'll be a gh6v for video and a gh6x for photo yikes i no. you don't think they'll do that much uh, that's well i think they're gonna stay with the s for the video i don't think they're gonna change to v because a people know s <laughs> yeah. oh the number of letters you could you could do a whole a, scrabble board people here. know this yeah. b x people know this no starting off one people know s already from their series people know s as well too as sony's one so S has just become synonymous. I don't. Why would? Why did Sony even use it originally? I have absolutely no idea. S stands for slower. Sony. Sony. So what? We don't care. Yeah, but I I think that they'll probably go, uh, most likely releasing the you know GH6 first, and then a couple months later, a year later, like they did before, you'll get a GH6S, which will kind of one up that. And that way they can get people who have been waiting for the video upgrade for a while. Boom, they got it. And then also a year later, like, oh, wait, actually, that's a better upgrade. I feel like it's just been so long since we had an upgrade to the GH5. I could see them doing both because I think both. Yeah. both I think people in both camps have just been waiting so long. Um, but yeah, either way, I, I do think AK, I do think they're, what do you now, think? Now, autofocus. What is, oh, have you seen rumors on this? I have. The one thing I'm seeing is they might introduce a time of flight autofocus system. What have you heard? I've I've heard well because the current autofocus system they use is what it's. I believe it's contrast based. Is it or is it DDAF or is it just like direct? So I don't know. But either way, yeah, I, I they're gonna most likely introduce some new type of focus system because that's been the biggest complaint. Hundred uh, percent. And the the counter argument to that is well, if they had a new focus system, why wouldn't they have introduced it with the S five? or the S1, or the S1H, the flagship top-tier level cameras that Panasonic is uh, putting out. Like, Would it be weird for them to put a new, better autofocus system in the GH6? Gabe, what do you think? Well, I was just looking up a news story here. Okay. Um, Panasonic to release firmware update that improves S1H autofocus. And it looks like, yeah, they're still talking about it being a weak thing here. And it is a weakness. They it's did the have, number one weakness. They did have an autofocus system that will better de- detect movement and have eye and face tracking and body in real time, which is something, again, that most camera companies have implemented. Uh, and so, I mean, uh, here we go. It's, it's DFD technology. I'm not sure what that stands. Direct something. No, we just got an enormous direct, direct, ad block. Direct focus up. something technology. Is, I'm, my bet. But... Yeah, they did. They've they've been working on this for a while, trying to implement something. You would have thought they would have got it on their full frame cameras, but I kind of think I don't think they got it. Like, I well, just, no, I mean, I kind of think they were just trying to rush those out the door and get into the full frame market, which is a big. That's definitely a smart thing to do. So you can start releasing lenses, start releasing, you know, getting people in, improving them, getting feedback. But, um, you know, yeah, I think it's actually yeah, just here taking we go. This in, long. in order uh, for DFD technology to work, camera needs to know the level of micro contrast that the lens can achieve. So. This again, yeah, it is a, a version of contrast AF. So maybe we can get them doing something like dual pixel or their own version of that or something more like Sony or time of flight. I mean, that yeah, that's, technology um, has come a long ways. Uh, it would be interesting. I think they'd be the first person or first camera company to do that 
with a like professional camera. Other I think than, they would. Other than uh, the Ronin, right? Because doesn't that right. use? But wait, didn't they get rid of the word Ronin, or did they get rid of DJI? Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, it's the R R S two. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, guys. Gonna, so, but that's a great point. So Josh Yeo from Make Art Now, he was super excited by the time of flight sensor because he could pair it with all this old glass that was manual focus and you know get everything rigged up. I think Panasonic could actually be using it uh, with this camera. But you have to keep in mind, time of flight is only accurate up to 15 feet. So they would need that with the old system, which I think could do it. Because if the camera knows the subject is farther than 15 feet away, I feel like it'd be easier to uh, get autofocus and then contrast base for the rest. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. How I, confident... feel like, I feel like that's a stretch. I, I have a feeling it will most likely just be either some new type of you know pixel detection technology or just trying to improve on their previous stuff. Oh God, if they try yeah. to improve, that'll kill it. I, hey, I don't know. You know, they might be able to use some AI and some, you know, new neural network. I don't know, something. Maybe, maybe. Algorithms. While it's processing 8K video, it'll also yeah. be processing the the focus and all this object tracking stuff. Yeah. What What does the camera need for you to, to even consider this? Like, what would the price need to be? I mean, I I don't think I'd ever consider it probably because I already yeah, have too much in Sony glass right it's now. It's true. It's true. So I'm not really a good person to ask. You would be the better person to I'd ask. I'd switch in a heartbeat. <laughs> okay. Why not? If it does what I need it to do and I can save money, like that's what I'm about. I yeah, I think the big the two things here is it needs to have good autofocus. That's number one. Number two, it has to come in at a great price point. And that's all it has to do. To be like they could even re-release the GH5 with good autofocus at a good price and that would still be a great camera yeah again I, I will stress i don't think it needs 8k video i've said this with a lot of different things i said it with the a7s3 well it doesn't need it, it i could said be... it with the dji uh what mavic 3 pro when we were talking about that a little while back i pretty much everything i don't think needs 8k right now 8k is very hyped up and it's just a lot of extra information that we don't need i'd rather them focus on getting better colors you know, 422, 10-bit, 422, 12-bit, maybe? They already have 10-bit. I know, so. they already have 10-bit. So maybe we get 12-bit. Maybe we get 442. I don't know. Like, give us better colors. Give us a better codec. Give us higher frame rates, stuff like that, versus trying to get 8K on a, you know, super tiny micro four-thirds sensor. I will say that if you have a... It might be... I read it could be downsampled 6K when you're shooting in 4K, which can help produce a sharper image which I think we saw with the A7 III. You saw with the A7? No, not with the A7 III. I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Tech, yeah. And then you also now have it with the A1, yeah. Alpha yeah, 1, yeah. definitely, Word which actually down. can record 8K, but records 4K downsampled that actually looks better than the A7S III somehow, which is really incredible. It's nuts. It's nuts. So downsampling can make a difference. Um, but yeah, either way, I actually am excited and optimistic for this camera. I do think it'll come out. I think it'll be yeah. what Panasonic. When fans? do you think if you had to? You're saying October, September is what you? Yeah, think? I think September, Fall? October. I mean, with the chip shortage, I could easily see it getting delayed, but I do think they're striving for that September, October timeframe. I kind of feel like you're right, but I could also see this going uh, into next year, and you know, coming out maybe uh, January, right or right when the first real in-person CES hopefully kicks off. Yeah, and years. one thing we didn't talk about was frame rates, and I think I think they'll have to match 4K 120 of the A7S 3 and I also think we could I, see... I think they'll be above it, because if you look back on what they've done in the past, 
They've always been, because it's a micro four thirds sensor, it's a smaller sensor, you can do quicker uh, processing of information. And they've always been a step ahead of like when the A7S uh, two could do, what was it? 1080p 120, I think. And they did first 1080p 180 with the GH5, and then they did 1080p 240 with the GH5S. So they've yeah. they've always been just a step ahead of what Sony's. It's true. Been able to it's do true. You're thing. right. You're right. So maybe we'll see something higher. But I think 4K 120 definitely. I, I think we'll see. I think we'll see 1080p 480. Whoa. That's I was my bad. I was getting 1080p 240, but you no, think we already double that. well we already have 1080p uh, 240. Maybe maybe just 400 because they kind of like those round numbers. So maybe we'll get 1080p 400 or 1080p 380, something like that. Sure. I think I, but I think they totally could get up there and really make it, especially with the GH6S. That one could be the one that we get the 1080p 240. Oh, uh, sorry, 480. The one that has the higher resolution, the GH6, which of course, if it's going to have 8K, let's just remind people it has to have at least 45 megapixels, I think. Um, and then of course, well, okay, let's let's frame that with that's if it has a 43 sensor. If it has more of a 16 by 9 sensor it could only have uh you know i think like 41 maybe or something but then also if it needs 6k i, th- I think it needs to have 20 28 megapixels i think i think that's about right no 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 because the other cameras are shooting um it's oh, yeah, like 24 S1H. megapixels or something like that yeah or maybe 22 yeah it might be that but either way there's a big jump from 6k to, to 8k, 8K. Sure. and i think doing uh if they're going to do 8k you're not going to get as cool of high resolution or high frame rates if you go you know lower resolution uh gh6s you I mean, will that could, that could very well be with the video focused one maybe it is just a 6k sensor they put in there and then 4k is 6k down sampled um and then with the 8k one or the regular one that's hybrid photo video uh you could get that 8k image but maybe not quite the same frame rate resolution yeah combo. or even i mean even a 12 megapixel sensor like the A7S III, we've seen how popular that camera is, like sold out for months and people just like, I mean, we love it, right? Yeah. It's totally viable in uh, 2021 to have, you know, that lower resolution resolution sensor and just focus on getting great 4K video and higher frame rates. And great low light too yeah. with the lar- larger pixels. So yeah, I, I think I would put my money more on end of uh, summer, early fall, and then secondly, uh, January. Do they, yeah, you think they'll stagger it, or do you think? No, I'm I'm saying that's the second date. If they don't, if it doesn't if come it in the fall because of uh, more COVID delays or the chip shortage or them still wanting to focus on their full frame, like they might launch a you know maybe an S6 or something, or I don't know what their naming scheme is really with their full frame cameras, but I do think that they are really focused on full frame at the moment uh, because that's kind of where the hype is. But it seems to be that they are actually going to release a GH6. So we can, after our safari here, we can say, oh, I think yeah, we definitely have definite signs of life. We have found tracks on the ground. You know, oh, I can s- smell the scat right there. Ew. Oh, that smells like a GH6. Definitely for that sure, mate. That fresh out-of-box smell. Yeah. That <laughs> plasticky scent. It's right here, that, mate. That new, that new 6 etched in after the H instead of a 5, which you could actually kind of create by just connecting like the, <laughs> that part of the five to the tail of it, and it would look like a six anyways. Yeah. No, I think that that was a successful safari. We hopefully have tracked it down and, you know, uh, at least have a general idea of when 
this camera might be coming out and what it might look like. Of course, we could be completely wrong, but we doubt it. We're pretty pros we're at pr- this. We're pretty much professionals. So we also think, as a final tidbit here, there will be new glass for the Micro Four Thirds system that Panasonic will be releasing alongside these cameras. So there's uh, a lot to be wow. excited about. Yeah, that is. I should put that down in my notes on my phone because I didn't have that about the new glass. Oh wait, um, what's that? Is it? Did you have a message? What there? is that the little? Oh, it's. I can. Well, I don't. We we usually listen to messages on this. Um, on this podcast here um, for my messages, you know, the listen to Gabe's messages sponsored by bestphoneplans.net, which of course is Stetson's website where he recommends uh, the best phone plans for you and breaks it all down into really easy to read, easy to digest, you know, layouts. But I, I'll just use the transcript, right? Uh, it's just, wait, it's just like a sad face or. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, it's not. Why is it news. not? Why is it not giving me a transcript? I Gabe, don't know. You should just play this. Should I just one? play it. All right. Yeah. Well, this is the uh, listen to Gabe's messages uh sponsored by bestphoneplans.net hey gabe it's stetson we have some sad news this week uh lg has decided to pull out of the smartphone business they're shutting down their smartphone division so i think we should have a moment of silence for lg sorry about that i accidentally muted myself there anyway uh yeah lg failed poor marketing they didn't really have an identity. We loved how experimental LG was, but the problem was when they had something great, like a wide-angle camera, they would remove it on the next phone. So they didn't really keep their good ideas even when they had them, and they just didn't have that solid brand identity. Second up, T-Mobile made pretty huge deals with Google. T-Mobile shut down T-Vision because it was a bad idea and they were losing money. Instead, they are partnering with Google, and you can now get YouTube TV as part of uh, if you were a T-Vision customer, you get a $10 discount. And T-Mobile is making Google Messages, the default messaging app on all T-Mobile Android phones, which is huge because those apps will support RCS, or Rich Communication Services, which is basically like iMessage for Android. And this is going to be a big push and a big win for T-Mobile Android customers. Finally, T-Mobile has another uncarrier announcement coming up on April 7th, where they will likely announce T-Mobile Home Internet as an official product available to the public as it was previously in a beta program. That's it for now. Hope you had fun on the safari and uh, didn't get eaten by any scary lions or full-frame cameras or whatever. All right, bye. Wow, that was... I I went a little to sleep there at the end of that message. Sorry, I thought that was enthralling. I know. It it was very interesting, I'm sure, uh, for people who are super concerned with cell phone plans. And we do appreciate you bringing that information. I think that is something uh, that gets often overlooked. People just, you know, have the cell phone plan they have and uh, kind of forget about all the features. I think the number one tip, and you'd probably say this too, is like every year just check uh, what you know what cell phone plan you have. If they've introduced new plans and you're grandfathered on some old version that you're paying more for data than they're currently offering, like they're always doing stuff like this and your home internet thing, the same thing. They're always changing the plans. And you can usually just by like saying, hey, what's going on? You know, going into a store, going online and checking, you can usually negotiate a better price. So uh, we're looking out for you on that. And that is it for this episode. Uh, Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it on Apple Podcasts. Greatly appreciate it. Share it with a friend. I'm Stetson. I'm Gabe. And we'll look forward to talking to you in the next episode. 
share your audio recordings with uh, Apple and other companies? Yeah, I, I they keep saying, please stop sending these to us. <laughs> I send them voice memos. I send them little little song ideas I have. I'll just record random things and be like, I think I think Tim Cook over at Apple will have a fun part of this. And they say, we're going to have to get a cease and desist order if you keep doing this, sir. This is not okay. I'm just trying to help you guys make the product better.